Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 16 through 19, called What's Bugging You? The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your staff. That staff is always the, the symbolic tool of the power of God and strike the dust of the earth that it may become gnats. You have the new King James lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Let me just share a little bit from a commentary. It says popular parlance tends to speak of gnats as mainly annoying, tiny, biting insects, including some types of flies and mosquitoes. As the far more commonly encountered blood-sucking, disease-spreading insect almost universally distributed and loathed. It could be that more than one type of insect was involved here. So maybe it was something like lice, something like gnats and mosquitoes. It could have been a combination. But whatever it was, it rose up from the earth and it says, touch the dust. And that all the dust may become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And some of us are hoping that that's hyperbole. You all know what hyperbole is? That's an extreme statement. Does all mean all? Did all the dust of the earth actually become gnats? And if it did, oh my goodness. You want to talk about some dark clouds of swarming bugs everywhere? There's no way to ignore this one, right? And even if it is hyperbole, it still was a whole lot of bugs and a whole lot of bugged people, frustrated people. And they were swarming and they were everywhere and they were on man and beast. And the frog population had largely died out because Froggy would be very helpful with the flying insects because he could just throw his tongue out and nab those little insects, those little bugs. And people might have had regrets that the frogs were in piles now. Froggy, Froggy, come back. Froggy, where are you? Come, we need your help. I told you last week, you're the only one who really understands me. Some of you remember that. Never mind. Psalm 105. 29 through 31, commenting on the plague says, God turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. God spoke and there came a swarm of flies and gnats in all their territory. Psalm 105, 29 through 31. And the land of Egypt was covered with gnats. And they did so, 17, Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff, struck the dust of the earth, and there were gnats, notice in your Bible, on or upon man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats throughout or through all the land of Egypt. And they weren't just flying by. They were landing on people and on animals. And there were so many of them You know, there's some parts of the world that people are so used to flies that little kids can be doing something and have multiple flies on their face and they don't even try to brush the fly away. They're so used to it. Now, in our family, if there is one fly in the house, 
everything stops. This comes from my mother, and it is Mother's Day, so she will be honored with this. There's a fly in the house. Oh, no. Come on, get the fly spotter. And everybody's on patrol to try to kill this one demonic fly. Any of you like that? Life cannot go on if there's one fly in the house. Now, could you imagine if you were living in Egypt at this time? You're making your spaghetti sauce on the stove. There's no getting around it. They're everywhere. We, in our Italian family, would be majorly bugged. Another word would be annoyed. It's a biblical word. Never mind. Anyway. They're on animals. They're on people. Some have pointed out that in the staff touching the river, you have water. In it touching the ground, you have earth. God is sovereign over water and earth, land and sea, if you will. Speaks of God's sovereignty. And he touched the dust of the earth. Is it hyperbole or did all the dust of the earth? I hope it's hyperbole, but either way, it's a lot of them. In Genesis 13, 16, God said that Abraham's descendants would be like the dust of the earth. Now, or like the sand of the seashore. What does that mean? It means too many to count. So here's what you can know about this plague. There were too many of them to count. It was an overwhelming, incredibly annoying plague of insects. And just like the plague of frogs, probably not deadly, but extremely annoying. And I would just say to you, what's bugging you? You know, for some of you, it's it's little things in life. For some of you, it's the big sweeping problems of our world. We're supposed to be anxious for nothing. But let's face it, we worry about a lot of different things. There's so many things that bug us. We have a hard time laying things at God's feet. And here, Egypt, a type of the world is being overrun. New Living Translation says, so Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. Verse 17, when Aaron uh, raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt, New King, or I'm sorry, New Living, turned into gnats. The word kenem in Hebrew could also mean lice. How many of you moms have had to deal with lice? See, I say moms because dads are like, what? I don't even know what to do. Is there a YouTube video? Now, when, (laughs) when lice gets in the hair of like a child or an adult, What do you have to do? You pretty much have to shave the head, right? They kind of infest everything. Huh? That's how a dad would do it. (laughs) We're shaving you, kid. We don't even have to have lice to give you that summer haircut. Anyway. You can have, yeah, there's there's a shampoo for it. And so... (laughs) But why do that when you could just shave the head? Anyway, and by the way, that's what the Egyptians did anyway, so. So one man tells, says J. Vernon McGee, about his experience with lice in Egypt. He says, I noticed that the sand appeared to be in motion. Close inspection revealed that the surface of the ground was a moving mass of minute ticks, thousands of which were crawling up my legs. 
I beat a hasty retreat, pondering the words of scripture. The dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And so the people were plagued. They were bugged. And this was a supernatural move of God. And the dust of the earth is interesting, isn't it? Because God made man out of what? The dust of the earth. And he breathed into man the breath of life. And there are so many things that we take for granted in our world. Just think about the design of your body. Think about your eye. Think about your ability to smell and taste. Your circulatory system, your pumping heart right now that is pumping blood throughout all your veins. There's so many things. The ability just to think about what I just said is an amazing creation. It cries out for for God. And yet, we do a pretty good job of kind of oftentimes suppressing that and not thinking about the implications of what God has done and the privilege even to be human. And so he struck the dust of the ground and it reminds me of Bible verses that say something like this, from the dust we came and from the dust or to the dust we will what? We'll return. And I'll tell you that there is a scholar, uh, I was reading this week, who says that in watching the way the plagues unfold, God is doing something he calls decreating Egypt. See, if ultimately you won't give God the glory as your creator, if you continue to quarrel with your maker and deny his design or fingerprints, which are everywhere, he can decreate things in your life that you take for granted. Amen? He's the creator, but he can also decreate. You don't want to give him glory? Then he'll say, okay, then let those other gods and goddesses save you when you're in trouble next time. That's what he said to his people. Now, what was the God being attacked in Egypt? Well, the God Geb, capital G-E-B, was the earth God. Geb was closely associated with the earth in all of its states. God, says one writer, was claiming authority over the very soil of Egypt. Geb was the one who made his report to Osiris on the state of the harvest, or the state of the earth. How would Geb explain this one to Osiris? Now, this is the Egyptian pantheon of gods and goddesses. The god Geb, the earth god, the god of the dust, gave his report to Osiris. How are we doing? How's the earth? How's the dust? Well, it's been a bad week. Because things are flying around and things are chaotic and things are out of order. And that is just the point. Please hear what I'm about to say. God is allowing Egypt to experience chaos. See, God is a God of order, but if you don't want him in your life, then things can quickly become what? Chaotic. And here's another interesting thing to think about. In Egypt, the Pharaoh was seen as a god. And he was responsible for controlling something called ma'at. M-A, a little apostrophe, A-T. Ma'at was considered in Egypt equilibrium or balance. The Pharaoh was supposed to bring equilibrium or balance to Egypt. So the people back in Egypt looked to the earth and to their world leader for their balance. Sound familiar?
Mike Massaro here. You may know me as the guy who says, Welcome to Walk in Truth. Hello, this is Mike Rizzi, one of the staff pastors. Brenda Lance, art director. This is Shane, and I'm one of the pastors. This is Claudia Rizzi, the financial administrator. I'm Rob, the program director. I just wanted to take a moment to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. And hope that it blesses you on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for listening to Walk in Truth. Thanks for learning with us every day. And I hope that you have a truly thankful, a happy, a safe, healthy. We hope that you have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. And God bless. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I want to encourage you and say I love you. I pray you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving day. Thank you for all of you who pray for us, partner with us. Happy Thanksgiving. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. The Pharaoh was supposed to bring equilibrium or balance to Egypt. So the people back in Egypt looked to the earth and to their world leader for their balance. Sound familiar? Because today, and we are stewards of this planet, so we're to take good care of the planet, don't get me wrong, but we have Earth Day And we put a big emphasis on political elections, and they are important, and we should be involved. But there are some voices in our culture right now, and you can take this for what it's worth, that are saying that God allowed Trump to lose because evangelicals have become too dependent on him being in office. I don't know. I throw it out just as a consideration. Because we can make a lot of things into idols. And this is not an either or proposition. Don't get me wrong. We need to be politically involved. And we need to vote for the people that best represent our values. But in the end, if we rely on the wrong things, brethren, we're in trouble. Amen? And so how was Pharaoh measuring up to the Egyptians' understanding of the world? What could he do about the plagues? He had just asked for prayer from Moses, a shepherd who got basically left Egypt and Aaron. He was crying out for help. He was helpless. Things were chaotic. And I think that there are times in our lives when God does this. If you want to use the words of John Currid, he decreates. He allows a little chaos. See, God brought order when he made the world and the things therein. But now it's chaotic. And now Pharaoh and Egypt gets to decide what they believe and in whom they are going to trust. And so do I. Every day I wake up, I get to decide, am I going to trust the Lord? Am I going to trust his word and his ways? And the magicians tried, 18, with their secret arts to bring forth gnats. And all God's people said, why? Weren't there enough of them to begin with? We can do it too. Now, there are some people that believe that so far the magicians are simply doing sleight of hand and maybe they, you know, acted like they turned the water into blood somehow with coloring and maybe the frogs, they they could control a certain amount of that and make it come out of a hat or whatever. But I don't know of a magician that has trained mosquitoes. Do you guys? So that would have been a hard one. 
But whatever the case, whether it was demonic power or sleight of hand or a combination of both, they could not do it. They tried with their secret arts, and there are many who believe that they were able to do some satanic miracles to bring forth gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Now, if we take the previous plague, I told you that each of the plagues could have lasted a week. As programmatic, that is, they each lasted about a week. We don't know for sure, but let's just say it did. Could you imagine how many times the magicians were called to Pharaoh to try to get rid uh, or to duplicate it or whatever? This There is an interesting... Uh, idea in the Hebrew here. The language in verse 18, so there were gnats on man and beast. Uh, Let me go back for a second. The phrase bring out the lice could mean either produce them or get rid of them or take them out. There's a possibility in the Hebrew for both. I would tend to think that Pharaoh's request would be, get them out of here and look for an ancient exterminator in the land of Egypt. Can I get a witness? Pull up the bands, bring out the big guns, get rid of them. Whether it was adding, I I don't know why they would add gnats or trying to get rid of them, they could not. And so the gnats were on man and beast. Can you imagine coming to Pharaoh to give your report? Pharaoh, we tried with our magical arts. I can't hear you. Speak up. We tried with our magical arts. We couldn't do it. And they're buzzing Pharaoh and they're buzzing the priests. And by the way, the priests were very much into cleanliness in Egypt. Uh, they shaved their body hair, shaved their heads for their service. So the priesthood in Egypt probably was rendered, you know, they couldn't do anything. And the bugs were everywhere. Can you imagine what life was like in Egypt, the desperation of people. How many people must have been annoyed walking down the street, running down the street? Ah! <laughs> it was, had to be complete chaos and mayhem. Magnified many times over what we've seen in our world. And so they were on man and beast. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get rid of the chaos, and neither can we without the Lord. Colossians 1 says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things And in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. You want to know who's controlling ma'at, if you will? Jesus. He holds the whole world together. And he holds my life together. Without him, I would be a disaster. My life would be chaos. And so verse 19, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. That's the Hebrew word Elohim. They don't use the word Yahweh. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. This is the finger of God. We can't duplicate it. We can't get rid of them. This is God. 
Now, are they acknowledging that the God of the Bible is the true God? That's open for debate because the Hebrew word Elohim can be translated gods. Did they think that this was some supreme God? Did they believe it was the God of the Bible? That's open for some debate. But let's assume for a moment that they say, this is the God of Israel doing this. This is the power of God and the finger of God. I don't think they're, they've become believers, but they're acknowledging God's power. Did that happen in the ministry of Jesus? Yes. People saw his power. They even witnessed him raising Lazarus from the dead. And still, Jesus said, though one rises from the dead, some will not believe. It doesn't matter the evidence that you give them. The evidence, the fingerprints of God are all around us. The heavens declare the glory of God. Your body cries out that there's a God. The design of this particular planet and the universe and its order and the distance of the sun and the moon and the oceans and sea life, man, there's so much diversity and yet in the complexity, it all works together. God has not hidden himself from anyone. And just by the physical creation, we're we're without excuse. Now, only twice more, in the Old Testament is the finger of God, that language mentioned. You know what it has to do with? The writing of what? The Ten Commandments. Moses says in Exodus 31, 18, that the law, the literal stone tablets, were written with the finger of God. Do you know that's why people don't want the Ten Commandments up on the wall? Because they represent the God of the Bible and his divine law. And they're really good things. You've been listening to What's Bugging You? Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 16 through 19. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions based on whatever you heard in his teaching today. Or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Or maybe you just want to share with us how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. One more time, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, happy Thanksgiving from Pastor Michael and the staff of Walk in Truth and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to pray for you. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. But let's just do a little Thanksgiving prayer. Heavenly Father, this Thanksgiving, we we always want to pause. We want to be thankful every day. But this Thanksgiving, we want our, our thanks and our praise to go up to heaven to you. You are the one who's given every good and perfect gift to us, Lord. Every blessing we count has come from your hand. John the Baptist put it well, a man, a woman would have nothing unless it first been given to them from heaven. And Lord, thank you that though you are the God of heaven and earth, you rain down blessings on your people. You are gracious. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Bountiful blessings overflow at tables of believers and unbelievers. But I pray that our nation, indeed our world, would turn back to God. 
And I pray that you be glorified around our celebrations this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, maybe you're uh, resonating with that prayer, but maybe you have nowhere to go today. Maybe you have no family, no one to celebrate, and uh, no one to celebrate with, I should say. And you're like, uh, well, what do I do? Well, I, I pray that you can lean into the Lord. If uh, there's no one else in your life, no one to spend some time with today, I pray the Lord would be your strength. His joy would be your joy. I would tell you to call us, but we're not there today. <laughs> so you can't, but you can reach out to us through the website, which is walkintruth.com. And I just pray that you would find hope in Christ. And maybe there's someone um, you haven't called for a while that you could reach out to and ask them to pray for you or just you know, spend a few minutes with you so that this day can be a day where you have someone um, to encourage you. I want to encourage you and say I love you. I pray you'll have a wonderful Thanksgiving day. Thank you for all of you who pray for us, partner with us. Um, remember, you can always check out the website. It's walkintruth.com. Happy Thanksgiving. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 16 through 19, What's Bugging You? I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a happy Thanksgiving. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.